After 2 o'clock, welcome back to the show. That is the music of Steely Dan in the background, uh, reeling in the years. It, you know, one of the things that I'm most thankful for, uh, for having siblings, is where they were as far as uh, in, in the birth the birth mm-hmm. number because they were older than I was. Right, so you they see? could introduce you. They had the records lying around. They had the records lying around, and they were five and six years older. I was the mistake, obviously, and uh, not the kid that wasn't planned. Not the mistake. I was the miracle baby. Oh, accident. Yeah. Accident sounds so much hey, nicer. Hey, accidents happen, and sometimes it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Happy but what accidents. I, thank you. But what I will say is that uh, Steely Dan were on at the Cotrera household quite a bit in my youth, and that was because my brother and sister were into some pretty primo music. And so um, I knew a lot about Steely Dan as far as their hits uh, went, uh, but I did not know... Uh, about Steely Dan until I became a little older and really started to investigate into uh, their music a little bit deeper. But I, but uh, let's just go down the list of uh, tunes. And the reason why I bring Steely Dan up is uh, Walter Becker, half of the most elusive rock duo from the 70s. And, and they were really a, kind of more of a rock jazz duo from the 70s. Steely Dan passed away on Sunday at the age of 67. Um, there's no cause of death. We don't know how he died yet, uh, but I'm sure we'll find out in the uh, in the coming days. But let's, uh, let's, let's just take a walk down memory lane just to refresh your memory on some of Steely Dan's music. Here's Steely Dan, a song called Dirty Work. I'm a fool to do your dirty work, oh yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I'm a fool to All right, so you probably know that tune. And then, of course, uh, their biggest hit, possibly the one that everybody knows Steely Dan for, is this song. It was uh, number four in 1974. Ricky, don't lose that number. interesting because that's a song about an L.A. hustler operating his own sex, drugs, or whatever den of sin and saying goodbye to his dumb, sad kid who's, you know, new in town and who seriously believes that he or she can, you know, go back home and fit into a nice, clean society again. It was, you know, their music had such a dark undercurrent and it was sarcastic and uh, it was a lot like the two members of the band who were Walter Becker and, of course, Donald Fagan. We're joined now, sadly... Uh, because someone, we lost another musical great. This is the only time that I seem to talk to Alan Cross from the ongoing history of new music in our brother station, 102.1 The Edge. Alan, welcome to the show. Yes, yeah, obituary man has been on, on <laughs> the job again. It's a true story. Uh, you, you know, know there's, was, there's a lot of, uh, of, of uh, when you talk about Ricky Don't Lose That Number, yeah. that may have been, in another interpretation, a, a story about uh, a gay hookup. Really? Yes. That there are many. In- See, this is what made Steely Dan so so bloody interesting. Is that they were so complex in everything that they did. If you want to test a very good turntable or a set of speakers, go out and get 
any of Steely Dan's albums from the late 1970s on 180 gram vinyl, put it on a turntable and turn it up. That is some of the most exquisitely constructed, recorded and engineered mm-hmm. music that you will ever hear. And once you get into the the audio realm, then you start paying more attention to some of the stuff that they're saying. And you're right. There's there's some weirdness and darkness in there. Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, that the the sonics that you're talking about, uh, Walter Becker, you know, he he actually wrote half of the uh, music and half of the dark lyrics. Uh, he was responsible for that because he didn't want to tour after a while. He just wanted to f- focus on making the best music they could in studio. That was not something he was interested in at all in. Let's go back a little bit and talk no, wait, wait, about... L- let me let me interrupt you there and yeah. I'll explain why he could do that. It's yeah. because back in the day, you could put out an album and it would sell a couple of million copies and it would continue to sell year after year after year. That allowed the studio perfectionists like Becker and Fagan to be able to stay in a studio, to work on their craft without having to be distracted by going out on the road. What happened later is that these back catalog records stopped selling in the age of Napster, file sharing, digital files, and streaming. So this is why we're seeing a lot of these older bands, including Steely Dan, go back out on the road because those royalty checks that used to show up every six months, you know, for albums like Asia or, you know, whatever other records they did, we're not coming anymore. So you talk to Becker, you talk to Fagans, why are you on the road? Because I need the money. And they were very upfront about that. Is it, you know, I, I want to go back a little bit to, you know, what you just said about how, you know, you didn't need to tour. You know, is this what set them apart from other 70s success stories? The fact that they uh, they didn't have the need for the accolades and, well, and you know, people screaming? They were kind of like the Beatles after 1967. They were kind of like what Pink Floyd became. They were kind of like what Radiohead wants to become today. What they liked to do is spend time working in the studio and coming up with sounds and arrangements that took a tremendous amount of time. And in the 70s, when money flowed like water in the in the uh, record industry, artists like this were indulged. Yeah, you don't want to go on tour? Fine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we know that whenever you put out a record, it's going to sell a couple of million copies and everybody's going to be happy. We, can, we will not have to worry about advancing you money for uh, tour support and everything like that. And your fans know that you are these craftsmen and they don't expect you as this particular type of craftsman to go out on the road. And and there were, there were many studio acts in the late 60s and early 70s who never toured because they didn't want to and they didn't have to. Talking to Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music in our brother station, 102.1 The Edge, about uh, Steely Dan's co-founder, Walter Becker, who passed away over the weekend. You know, Alan, do you find it unusual that he was only 67 and we still don't know the cause of death? He was ill for some time. Um, one of the things that, you know, he didn't want to go out on tour, like I mentioned, and he had been in some kind of ill health. Earlier this summer, he missed a couple of shows, and um, Donald Fagan said he was recovering from a procedure. Mm. Now, we don't know what that means, but it sounds like he had had some kind of operation for something. And, um, you know, again... These are a generation where they these people. Part of the reason these people are dying on us is because they didn't they didn't really take care of themselves as they were growing up. Sure, you know there was a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of a lot of you know alcohol, and uh, 
Donald Fagan will tell you that for a while, Walter Becker lost his way and uh, got pretty deep into a variety of, of things that were not particularly healthy. So when you get to your middle and upper 60s and early 70s, your body is going to start saying, hmm, you know what, uh, my spleen's not doing so well, the pancreas is kind of hurting, uh, my heart certainly isn't what it used to be, and maybe I've got all these weird tumors. You know, it's just, I think it's a product of, of, of very hard living. And then there's the question mark of Keith Richards. But... Well, okay, no, <laughs> Keith, listen, we have to take care of the planet because we have to think what kind of earth we're going to leave Keith Richards when we all die. <laughs> that's 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 so true. You know, Steely Dan uh, with Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, they, they rank high on music critics' lists of favorites. Why is that? Can you speak to why? Um, because what they managed to do was create a hybrid of, of, of rock and jazz that was somehow... Uh, it was highbrow, but and cerebral and cool without being terribly, you know, over pretentious. I mean, some people will look at Steely Dan and go, "Oh, with songs like you know, uh, uh, Deacon Blue and 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 uh, Asia and just a bit too complex for for popular culture consumption." But uh, let's not forget that Steely Dan had a tremendous string of hit singles yeah you know going all the way back to 1972 with the can't buy a thrill album mm -hmm. and uh you know they were getting on the radio in the 1970s with you know if you go back to the asia album which was a real weird sort of record for top 40 radio because you know songs like josie and peg and and, and deacon blues were being played on am top 40 radio stations so they were able to bridge a bunch of different gaps and i think a lot of people and my, i include myself in this uh, felt a little bit smarter listening to Steely Dan. Uh, we felt if you were, um, you know, uh, like a musician nerd, and you, you know, they had guys like uh, you know Michael McDonald playing for them. They had drummers like Jeff Beccaro playing for them, uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter playing for them. I mean, these were really good mus musicians on the Gaucho album, which was 1980. I think they had something like 42 people working on that record, and the majority of them were like you know, engineers. Wow. You know? <laughs> because they wanted to make sure that the, the, the sound was absolutely perfect. Is there a modern equivalent for Steely Dan? <sighs> Would it be Radiohead? Is that the closest? The closest, the closest. Again, what we're, to do this, to... To name a, a proper analog, you would have to have a, a band that stayed in the studio and, and did nothing but but tinker mm -hmm. uh, on music for, for months or even years before they put out an album. You can't afford to do that these days unless you've got, you know, a legacy studio at, at home. But, you know, even even these bands, you know, which would have been Steely Dan contemporaries from the 1970s, like, like um, you know, Tom Petty and, and The Who and, and The Eagles and Fleetwood Mac. I mean, they're all out touring, too, because they need the money. So what does it, Donald Fagan do now? Because he Donald, still arguably, arguably needs the money. Uh, well, he has said that he is going to continue to, you know, he was the voice of most of Steely Dan. He did a lot of the singing. So he says, you know, there was a poster over, I think, on Labor Day that said that he was uh, going to continue on with the with the spirit of Steely Dan, despite Walter's um, absence. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I don't know. It, it's, again, it, we are at this tipping point where we're seeing all these musical heroes from, you know, the baby boomer and, and the Gen X generation start to disappear on us. And at some time, this is going to come to an end. 
uh, we're going to run out of them because, you know, time marches on. Alan, you're breaking my heart. I, I know. It's it's. It's it's very sad. Uh, I mean, 2016 was was terrible for losing people. There was a lot of people we lost that year. But this is this is the new normal. Yeah, and, and we're just, setting up to have another one of those years. Well, we could. Uh, I mean, the uh, one of the founders of uh, Molly Hatchet died over the weekend too. That not a lot of people have been giving attention attention to. But you know, these guys are in their 60s and 70s, and they're not well. Alan, I appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you the next time. Unfortunately, someone passes. You bet. All right. Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music in our brother station 102.1 The Edge. Uh, talking about the death of Steely Dan co-founder Walter Beckert.